News Radio WGNS Murfreesboro. The views and opinions on this show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of WGNS, its management, other hosts, or advertisers. All right. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we've uh, contacted everyone on Facebook that we could. And we hope you are high and dry. <laughs> it's bad out there. <laughs> Mr. Murfreesboro, Bill Wilson. Bill, uh, we've got some condolences. You've lost yeah. another friend to COVID. Just uh, do this before we forget about it. Okay? Well, this is important. Yeah, I want to give uh, our condolences to the Jeff Woodford family. He was Jeff was 53 and right. just a great guy. He lived over at, uh, in Brentwood, the Franklin area. And right. Graduated from middle. His wife, Missy, um, his two children, his parents, his sister, Pam. But uh, he had come down with the COVID and went to the hospital and found out that he had diabetes. And in mm. long story short, he, he passed this past week. And he was, there's not a better guy than Jeff Woodford. And he was only 53? 53. 53. And right. he's loved by many. And uh, our prayers of comfort. Go to his family and his him. parents and his to sister. To my knowledge, I did not know him. I, I don't. Well, think. If you ever met him, you'd want to. You just you'd, you'd always remember. Him. You'd, you'd want to know him. Yeah, right. Just a great. We're guy. very fortunate tonight. Chris Hale has decided to come up and join us, and we thank him um, for doing so. Chris, how are you doing? <clears throat> doing well. Those uh, storms you look last a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> I've hair? been sleeping. Did you get a haircut? I've been sl- I've been sleeping. He I, actually I, had some sleep. Yeah, since we saw him in back the car. In <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> been working, been working out. You know, a little bit more oh, than I was. No. I've been eating less fried food. Um, you know, when I ran for Congress, you don't turn down food right. in rural Tennessee. Yeah. Not in Murfreesboro too, but especially in rural especially Tennessee. Especially when you're politicking too. You know, I went to some church festival um, in Bledsoe County, and there was like. 40 different types of meat that I had to eat. Spam? <laughs> yeah, I almost ended up, almost ended up with a heart attack after that. So. Did you walk around with a defibrillator? Yeah, I needed one. I needed one. Chris uh, has an article today, and then we didn't ask him up here before that. I happened to pick up the paper, and uh, I saw his picture in there in the opinion column, and it's a very good one. I suggest you read it. It's in the Daily News Journal. It's in... Uh, the opinion section, and uh, he can have an opinion now and yes. be a little bit vocal, more vocal about it than sure. he was. And I think it's a very good article. Um, but we're going to get this thing started, Zach, if we can. But for right now, my name is Edwin Lee Raymer, and yes, I'm still a private investigator. Welcome aboard. This is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show with your host, Ed Raymer, on your good neighbor station, News Radio, WGNS Murfreesboro. There's a little stiff upper lip for you from ACDC, and this is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show, and I am your host, Ed Raymer. Welcome aboard again. This show is produced at studios at WGNS FM 1450, 100.5, 101.9 FM, right here in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can reach us tonight. You can reach Chris with your questions, comments, or ideas at 615-893-1450. That's 615-893-1450. And you can also send us a text to that number because Zach is on the board. Dalton's off tonight. And our producer, Zach, will be glad to read it over the air or write it down, hand it to me if you do not wish to be heard live on WGNS. And we understand some people may not. They're a bit shy about that. 
My co-host is a Bill Wilson, a.k.a. Mr. Murfreesboro. Of course, our guest, as I said, is uh, Chris Hale. He's here with us. Now, you can also listen to us live via the Internet at WGNSRadio.com. That's WGNSRadio.com. And you can go to Facebook and find us on two different locations, the Evan Lee Raymer Show on WGNS, or you can go to Bill's Facebook page, which Joan and my wife does most of the time, uh, Mr. Murfreesboro. And you can watch us there live as well. Now, Zach, you've got us loaded up. We're on there now. We're gone. We're good. You can also download the WGNS app and take WGNS with you wherever you go and listen whenever you wish. Uh, Take a listen to uh, Angela Bingham. Uh, who's with us with Simplicity every Sunday at 6 o'clock. She's, she's a good lady. She was a guest of ours a couple of weeks ago. Glad to finally get her on. And uh, Stephen Reynolds, who everybody here knows. Stephen's doing a, a podcast still that Dalton does. And just uh, good folks, good programming. Jason Qualls does his uh, financial information show every day at 4. And we're always glad to... Uh, to try and support each other as best we can. Bill, anything else? I know we have had rain, 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 oh, rain. Zach you. said he lives down Church Street, and for the past 48 hours, there's been nothing but blue lights and red lights up and down the street. Oh, it's, it's yeah. I don't know how many inches we got. I think we close to nine. Someone or, had said nine. something. We were close to the 2010 total. I don't yeah. think we surpassed Nine it. or ten inches in the last 24 hours. A lot of other places. Seen. In the next few days, it's uh, the rivers like the Cumberland, the Harp, and the right. Stones are going to be cresting. We just right. drove down uh, Broad Street, all, going towards Thompson Lane in the Country Club. It's mm. several of the holes are under um, underwater. Greenway right. on North Thompson Lane, the entry is completely closed. It's completely flooded. The Stones River has gone all the way up to the. I would lot. imagine that may be that way most of the week yeah. until this thing settles down. They're going to have to get, do a lot of cleanup out there. I'm sure a lot of debris that'll be Makes floating sense. up there. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have any more rain in the well, forecast. Well, Zach and I were talking earlier. Days. I think we've got some scheduled for Wednesday, but nothing like what we've had. It was crazy. You know? It was a it was a nutty night. I was in Nashville for for most of it, so it, I think it was worse up there. So and uh, Williamson County got it yeah. really bad too. It, okay, it I'm glad bad. you mentioned that. Uh, you were in Nashville. Uh, I mean, none of our business. We're either political function or just out <laughs> on the town. Or just, it's, it's, it's what I'm getting at. Sure. Things Jeff, getting Jeff, back to normal. Jeff a day? Yeah. Well, no. You know. If you no. So well. Shouldn't talk about my personal life here. <laughs> personal. Well, we got a caller here on one. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, um, Nashville. The bars were open till 2 a.m. last night, and on Friday really? night, um, it, it strikes me. Um, you know, I've spent most of my 20s in D.C came back Nashville uh, come come back and forth too but it will pre-pandemic to me this weekend in Nashville which right. good for better or worse so a sort of normalcy but yes. I noticed you're still wearing a mask uh, sure. we keep them my wife and I wear ours sure. when we go out sure uh, we're not wearing them here at the station as obviously as you can tell uh, because all of us uh, thank goodness been through this thing so anyway uh, but uh, we keep them in the car if we go in the grocery store sure. put one on you know and I mean just and, and most of the places have the plexiglass up and everything. Now I think we're, we're, we're everybody's social distancing pretty good. I think it's, it's what I, it's my sense of it. I, I think that it'd be interesting to see a year ago um, what the mask wearing percentage was like versus now. I think it's higher. I think in Nashville you can tell a big difference between who's visiting and who's living there. Always can tell. Sure. You know. Sure. Um, right. And um, it'll be interesting. You obviously have this mix of trying to have the the economic realities come back. People need jobs. They need. Uh, they need. We need this, the economy to come back full strength. But you want to protect people. Um, Nashville's doing a good job. 
um, in terms of getting the vaccine out. Right. Um, Biden has said every state has to get it out by May 1, and I believe April 5 is uh, when we're... When Which, you know, I, he, he had the goal of 100 million sure. to have out in the first 100 days. Now we're doubling that. I know, it's 200 million. I, yeah. I said, you know, don't get me wrong, I hope, you, I hope he can do it, don't get me wrong, but I didn't think it could be done. I really because I just we've never been through anything like this. No offense it's, to it's anybody. A, it's right a precedent. Or yeah, it's a yeah. precedent. But they did it in what fifty eight days? Yeah, something like that. Well, I think the one concern I would say is you know I ran in Rutherford County, but there's fifteen other counties that are on my mind, and right. the rural communities it's still low. It's if if you if you're in Murfreesboro night and you're looking for an appointment. Go to Bedford County. You'll get one in two minutes. Walk in. You'll yeah, walk yeah. in and walk Is out. That right? The skepticism okay. is still pretty high there. Um, I I've been going back and forth on this. Like it makes sense. I understood why we started with the vulnerable communities, but you had very little t- bite in in these rural communities. And so when you open up to everyone, maybe it's a, a virtuous cycle where more people get it, more people get it. You know? Right. So well, I think the, the the confidence. Sure. Confidence in the in the product itself, and goodness knows now with Johnson and Johnson getting in the mix. Sure. I don't think now theirs is the one shot deal. There I, is, yeah. I do yeah. believe. And yeah. uh, we've got a caller on the line. Uh, go ahead. I'm told this is Jeff. Jeff, is this you? Yeah. How you doing? Everybody? Hey, Jeff. How I, are I, you? I, I want, I'm pretty good. I just wanted to meet you guys. were talking about you know, it's a couple weeks ago. Uh, Jason Merrill passed away. He worked the post. That's right. Yes, away, uh, he did. A couple weeks ago, they, they had a celebration of life on Friday night. I know they had his funeral before that, but uh, I don't know if y'all... I, I Thanks y'all for letting us that. know that, Joe. I, I yeah. meant to mention Yeah, we, we meant to mention Thank you, Jeff. Another good man, it. yeah. Yeah, he, he, he was a real... When I heard when I, when I understand, I don't think anybody said a you know, real bad word about it. He's real real good to pull. They talked about him on WGNS last week. But uh, I didn't want to tell him this tale. I read, read some of your comments real good about... Uh, about Biden and uh, Biden and Lee, so I thought it was real good. I uh, appreciate it. Good column and a lot of lot of stuff going on with with Biden right now. I don't really want to get into it. There's too many. Y'all probably will talk about it, I guess. But uh, a lot of stuff going on with with him and uh, yeah, his his uh, name I, may come up. Yeah, I know. No, there's there's ex president there's ex president want to visit the border, so he's yeah, going down there. Yeah, well. he's, he's gonna go down there, but uh, so it, we'll 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 find out what happens. But I just want to let y'all know about that. Now, hang on, listen, enjoy y'all show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Jeff. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. Uh, Chris, what are we gonna do about this wall over in Berlin? <laughs> what what do about he this? go to the border? Is that what he was talking about? Trump? I think Trump has said, you know, he, it's hard because his biggest vehicle of communication was Twitter. They shut it down January 6th. Now he's releasing statements in Twitter like fashion. He hasn't lost his voice, you know. What about, is there still a parlor? Right. Is there still. I, they sh- I think Parler came back, but it hurt it, man. When, <laughs> when when Amazon shuts you down, when you can't get on the iOS or, or Google, it, it hurts. It's hard to get back. What do you think's going to happen well, with the. It's, it's a, a hard time to be president. I, sure. I don't want to be. I mean, anybody being president, but with all those children on the border, there uh, at least they have a roof over their head and they're probably being attended to. But what what do you think is going to happen? Well, I think that one of the things that Democrats need to acknowledge is to pretend like this was a Trump only problem is was very very politically uh, uh, yeah, expedient in 2018. But this problem has existed for a long time. And so I think that we have to acknowledge that. Um, I am skeptical that about the right wing narratives that you know Biden's election just flooded the market. Um, we've seen high, we've had, we've seen high high rates um, oftentimes in the springtime, and when it gets warmer, it's easier to go up, et cetera. Um, but it's a humanitarian crisis, and I think that what we have got to start going back to, you know, I'm what 30, I'm 32 years old, just as last week. Right. Um, 
I've been, been doing working. this in my entire adult life. Yeah. The, the first immigration reform bill was in 2006, and you know it's been what now almost 20 years since right. then. Right. And so we've got to we've got to find that balance between mercy and rule of law, security. Um, and I don't think I, I think what happens is it becomes a cottage industry uh, of, of outrage politics. Immigration is a great issue to oh, get yeah. people upset about. Well, it's kind of like voting, guns. Voting it's kind of like guns or abortion. Well, it's, it's, become, it's become that issue, and it shouldn't have because like, oh, well, we got these Mexicans down there coming across. They're not all Hispanic Mexican people. You have sure. people. Oh, we're talking about all of South America, Honduras, Colombia, all yeah. those those countries. What you saw in eighteen when we had the count, we have a county commission races here in in Rutherford County in August of eighteen. People were running on building the wall. <laughs> like what's happened? Yeah. Tip, Tip O'Neill right. famously said between here and Smyrna. Is that, okay. Let's go build a wall. <laughs> Tip O'Neill famously said that all politics is local, and that's just not true anymore. Right. It all politics is national, and so, but you have you have folks in Nashville running from city council on, on amnesty, like they're going to be able to do anything for city council on metro council. <laughs> so in, Ru- in Rutherford County, Airbnb though. What's that? That's Airbnb. Exactly. So in, in Davidson County, you run an amnesty. In Rutherford County, you run on walls. What like, about what about the state legislature? Now there are you can't take water to somebody, and you go okay, to. Wait a minute, we, gonna, we've okay. got to talk. About we have that. a caller on the line. Caller, please stay with us. We have got to go to our first series of breaks. Stay with us. Be patient. You're on live radio. <laughs> Everything happens on live radios. These two gentlemen, all these gentlemen here, can tell you. I'm Evelyn Raymer with Bill Wilson, Mr. Murfreesboro. Our guest is Chris Hale. Zach's on the board. Caller, stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Hang. Yeah. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. During her 29-year tenure, she's won multiple awards for being a top producer. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DNJ Ruthie Awards. She's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203, or reach her at 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. Hello everyone, it's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mullins Jewelers, 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. 
I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking. Welcome back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. All right, and we are back with uh, Chris Hales, our guest, and we have a caller online. I think it's Pam, I believe. It's uh, the name I had. Caller, are you there? I'm here. Hello, is this Pam? Hey, Pam. It's Pam. How are y'all doing? Oh, yeah, fine. Did you get washed away? Nope, didn't get washed away. I ain't drowned yet. <laughs> I did have I'll to pull you. out the boat and a few oars, but you know, whatever. I'm telling you, I, I, made it. I think some guys were put, keeping keeping some boats on standby. I really do. What can well, we do for you? Well, I don't know. I was just calling in to see what y'all are doing tonight. What y'all are talking about? Well, we're I talking heard about y'all were talking about the COVID vaccinations, but you know what? This is my thoughts on it. And, of course, I mean, a lot of people may not or may or may not agree with me, but but I, I just don't know about taking something that's not approved by the FDA. I mean, most medicines that we take, they have to be approved by the FDA, and if they're not, then they don't even go on the market. To my and knowledge, it is approved by the FDA. That's been the whole holdup. No, it, ha- it is not approved by the FDA. Chris, do you know? I, I, and not, I must. No, no. No, I thought it was. None of, none of those vaccines, none of the COVID vaccines are approved by the FDA. They're not approved to be effective. They, um, uh, so, I mean, I mean, why would you want to take something that's not approved? I mean. So they got, I know I, they got emergency uh, use authorization. I, sure. I, uh, emergency authorization and FDA approved is two different things. You know, if I, if I want a cancer drug... And, you know, there's something out there, and they know that it's working. If it's not approved by the FDA, but they know that it works, I don't get to take it. You know, like my relatives or somebody that's dying of lung cancer or whatever type of cancer, they don't get to take that drug because it's not yet approved, but they've already found that it's effective. You know, I I don't pretend to be an expert. I'm texting the best best doctor I know in the state of Tennessee, so I'll get an answer for you, too, on that. But, you know, I know that they started developing these vaccines in January of 2020 so it's been oh yeah i understand i understand the development okay i've got an answer for you pfizer and pfizer and moderna have been approved johnson and johnson has not okay so here's what the best doctor in tennessee says it it was approved um but it was expedited so uh, right so i i I would be careful on that and i I think so i would i'm of the i got the vaccine so i was eligible so how do you feel great uh I actually and, and, out, and listen, yeah. I've talked to people that also got the vaccine that were long-termers or whatever they call them, long-callers, or, you know, that were sick or whatever, and they said it made them feel better. Then I've talked to others. It made them really sick. So, I mean. Well, well here's my question. What would the alternative be? Because I'll be honest with you. I hate wearing my mask. I'm oh, exhausted yeah. of wearing yeah, a mask. We're all about I, I, nobody wants to wear a mask. Sure, sure, sure. I get that. choose to wear that mask. Well, if you I, hate I, wearing a mask, take it off. Well, my grandmother died. There's a simple solution. Sure, to that. sure. Take well, it my off. my grandmother died with COVID <laughs> in October. She she was elderly. She was in her 80s. But you I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. My father also died of COVID. That was what I'm was sorry listed to hear on that. his death certificate. He died about mm, I don't know four or five months ago. But my father had lung cancer. 
he was dying. They already gave him two weeks to live when he went to the hospital, and all of a sudden he died of COVID. So you you don't you don't me? you don't My think father was dying. We had struggled with this. He was on oxygen. We had struggled with this forever, and all of a sudden his cause of death was COVID. So you don't do you think COVID's real? I don't think it was real in his case. But do you think I dealt with my father? Sure. We brought we brought my father home the last holiday that we were able to spend time with him. We brought him home from the hospital. None of us got sick with COVID. Sure, and, and I, I don't pretend. And to the be- whole family, we brought him home Memorial Day weekend because well, you- he was all alone in the hospital. And we said we're going to bring our father home. We're going to spend time with him. So Pam, I got to say, and, but then my father was so sick he couldn't breathe, so we had to take him back. Two days later, he died, and that was his. That was what he died of. But none of us were sick with COVID. We're sorry for your loss, Pam. Right? We are. Yeah. And it's it's, de- it's deeply it's deeply tragic how many how many people we have lost, whether it be from COVID or not. Well, the problem with elderly people, they've got lung issues already anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially well, he had lung was, was your father a no, smoker? He had lung cancer, and he yes, he yes, was a he smoker. Smoked his whole life, probably mm-hmm. since he was twelve years old. My dad did too. Yeah. But um, he had lung cancer. We thought we already right. knew that he was sick with that. But when but when we got his death certificate, that's what they said that he had COVID. And we we're like, did it list what? the lung cancer as well? I'm no, sure they it list, did not. It didn't list the state of Tennessee. Didn't list lung no, cancer. No, they did not. Mm-hmm. They did mm. not. Well, I think that what what we have to understand is that COVID, you know, was a precipitating factor, but the underlying factor was lung cancer, and the idea that these act separately. I don't of each think other. that he had COVID at all. I don't think it was a precipitating factor. So I don't did, think that he even had it. Did he test I positive mean, he, for it? He was on oxygen. His oxygen levels were already low. He was already he was already on oxygen when he went there. He was and, sick. And one thing I want to kind of highlight is I think that what concerns me. I disagree with Pam deeply. You know, on, on this issue, but what right. concerns, what concerns me is if we look at the data, about forty to forty five percent of Tennesseans agree with Pam. And what yeah, what, right. what concerns and if you get in rural Tennessee, it gets to sixty, sixty five, seventy percent. Well, I had heard someone say that uh, actual the on, on the the deaths between 2019, 2020, 2018, we're not having actually any more deaths. I went back and checked. Exactly. I did. Yeah. When you look at the statistics, the statistics don't say this. Oh no, no, bad. honey. Yes, they, they do too. As of the next to the last week in November of 2020, which is the latest statistics they had, this is as of sometime in February. There were 340,000 more deaths than there had ever been. Okay. That's fact. Well, I get it. Well, we have a lot of people here too. But I mean, we have a lot of people. No, you didn't say that. You didn't say that. You said there had been no more deaths, right? Well, I'm just saying compared to you said there had been no more deaths, Pam. I didn't. And I'm telling you, there are. There are. Well, I didn't mean like no more. Last week in November, we had had 340,000 more deaths. Thanks, Pam. Appreciate you calling in. Take care. Go Biden. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How you like it? All right. Next. <laughs> well, I think one of the things one of the things is Zach, that, put the revolver down. <laughs> don't 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 do that. Look, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think <laughs> what concerns me is that the, the circular logic, the ir, the illogical claims are so deeply embedded well in our communities. Well, there's people. There were people I've saw on TV that were dying from COVID, but they swore to God they didn't have COVID. 
it just shows you how either yeah, it's, people it's, are weak-minded or they're being controlled, kind of like the, was it the QAnon? Well, it's interesting. I remember in D.C. We don't even get started on that. I remember in D.C., so I was in D.C. Um, full-time from 11 to 18 and part-time since, is I remember about 2013, 2014, the anti-vax movement started really taking off. Right. Really okay. taking off. And to me, it seemed silly. Something to do with DNA and and uh, well, then you had the religious people. Sure, that, you know we have a right. You know, and what's interesting don't... is you actually saw the fringe of the left and, and the, the right. right. Like yes. you had the yeah. you had these silly non-GMO folks. My friends at Whole Foods, I like Whole Foods, but like the non-GMO <laughs> folks on the left, and then the, the zealots on the right that thought that you know that the chip was going that was going to control you. But we did not. I was naive. We did not understand that this weird fringe movement would actually have a major effect on the well-being of the people in the United States because it did. It did. They, 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 we let this movement run unabated and right. it didn't stop them because we didn't think vaccines would matter that much to our well-being in this country. Right. And we yeah. should have nipped them in the bud. And I think that what concerns me is if you cannot agree on a set of facts, uh, on the reality, if we can't look at the, the color blue and say it's blue, I don't know what we're going to do. Quit bringing like the party lines into it. <laughs> Sorry, Politics. Red. We can call it red. Whatever. No, I'm just saying that no, in general. Sure. No, it, I'm it's, just saying it's that ridiculous. in general. Well, it's it has a, gotten to a ridiculous point. Well, I have no reason to own an, an, an assault rifle. I have no need for it. I'm not planning on going to war with anyone. I certainly can't hunt with them. If the, if the, the, the game warden catches me with one out here hunting, I'll pay a, a tremendous fine, plus I'll lose the rifle. It's remarkable that bill passed, the assault rifle ban passed in 1994 with little Republican opposition. And they I ran, know. they ran, they, they dominated those races in 94. They didn't run on guns. You're talking they, about NRAs, what controlled everything. But sure. if you recall, George H.W. Bush resigned from the NRA um, in the mid 90s because he said they had gone, you know, too far. They had gone too far. But I think what one of the things, there is self criticism that my party deserves, and I'm always love to criticize my own party, is I think that we did, in a little bit of way, promote some skepticism about the vaccine being produced too quickly because we didn't like we didn't like the guy in charge you know perhaps we were concerned if an october vaccine surprise came well we don't like the guy who who is going to get credit for it and so we we promoted that in some capacity ourselves but i just think that what's so frustrating is that donald trump's ability still i think he's i I spent a lot of time in rural tennessee i think his invincibility it's gone down. The emperor had no clothes. They saw that he did lose. I think they're starting to buy into that reality. But I, I think that if he had been the most pro-vaccine president on God's green earth, we wouldn't have this issue. His followers, his believers right. would right. would not have become anti-vaccine. They would have developed some type of you know, understanding, of logic, whatever logic he says issue. goes. Yeah. Well, and I think that, and I think that we still see that. I mean, it's just what's remarkable to me is if I'm a data person, if you look. So Rutherford County is actually a. It's a Rutherford County has gone through a pretty interesting transformation. It went pretty far right until about 2012. Right. And then Trump kind of actually brought it back from the prefaces, and we're actually kind of similar to where we were in 2000. So it's about 44, 56, you know, Republican. But the biggest shift in Tennessee was the rural communities, and it wasn't in 2000 or 2004. Grundy County, I lost Grundy County. <clears throat> Which is country. I lost Grundy County, uh, I believe, 81 to 17. My boy Joe Biden really? like lost 90 to 10. They voted for John Kerry. 
They voted for John <laughs> Kerry. And Barack Obama got 46% of the vote in Grundy County, Tennessee. Wow. Is that right? So it, and, Unbelievable. And so, Unbelievable. So Trump was the, the mitigating factor. Trump brought out this, this Stirred spirit. it up. He did. Stirred it up. You know, and I think that there's 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 positive populism. You know, John Meacham, the famous historian, said that he wanted Trump to try to be like another populist from Tennessee, Andrew Jackson, like a positive populism. But I think Trump missed the opportunity. To I really, think he did too. I think, I think he, he missed the golden it, opportunity because it was about him. Uh, yeah, and I think too. I think he didn't. I don't think he intellectually understood who he could be, like what he could represent. Um, I think that the the message of drain the swap, man, that resonated across this country. Sure, and but he didn't do it. He oh no, he he clogged it. He clogged it, and yeah. I think that. Yeah. I think that what's remarkable about it, and I love Joe Biden. You know, I've loved Joe Biden for a long time. I first met Joe Biden as an intern at the White House at 21 years old. Um, but I think that Joe Biden's not a populist. No, in no way. He he no. he doesn't imagine himself to be. So I think what's going. I think populism is not dead in this country at all. I think the next president will be a populist. It's going to be a control about what kind of populism we're going to get here. You know, are we going to get some? Well, but yeah, but he he's. Here's the thing, and I think uh, the vice president said it best. Vice President Harris said this best. He's just Joe. Yes. Well, and I think he's that he's just Joe. You know, and he I, can't be anything else. He doesn't try to be. Well, and I think that thing about it is, if you look at it, so the Trump's moniker for him was Sleepy Joe. Well, thank God, I, I, I like my blood pressure <laughs> lower. <laughs> I like to sleep better at night. Right. Like people are looking, the American people who voted for Joe Biden are looking for a boring presidency where they don't like. We don't have to. Thank uh, God, uh, we don't have Twitter. to talk about the yeah. Twitter and all the other things that it, came along with it, it. The first thing that really <laughs> struck me in Trump presidency, like just the moment that really like, captured me of like how far we gone is when football became politicized. When when yeah, like when right. professional football became politicized. Yeah. There was no realm of American life that was outside of politics. That's crazy. Right. Now, let me ask you something. Sure. You're a data guy. You've been at this game a long time. And by the way, folks, this is the biggest political junkie you'll ever see. Now, Bill is a political junkie, but he, he because of the business he's in, he's not allowed to, to really he's express gotta, He's got to sell some things. He's got to sell <laughs> some things. I'm not well, a Democrat you or a Republican. I mean, you've sure. you, you got to sell yourself. Sure. To point. Absolutely. But I have always heard. And I have never, I have not researched this, okay? And I was not lying about the number that I gave the caller, uh, gave sure. Pam earlier. I researched that number. That's that was that's accurate, okay? Sure. Now today, of course, it'd be a lot more, of course. But anyway, forget all that. I have always heard that businesses, business people, uh, they perform better when there are Democrats in the White House. Is there any truth to that? It's complicated. Um, okay. I think that I think that what we do know is that small businesses do better um, with Democrats in the White House. But let's be honest here: the big, small businesses, in terms of the percentage of Amer- of uh, the American workforce, is decreasing, and we're seeing right. we're seeing the reality of corporate jobs take over. Who would imagine that you know? 30 years ago. Trickle down economics. Well, who knows 30 years ago that the biggest providers of jobs outside of the state and city and Rutherford County, Tennessee would be major international corporations. Um, Amazon. Amazon, Verizon, etc. Right. Gotcha. And, like, and so, yes, um, I think that what we what we are going to see the big fight about, and I think that what's going on in Alabama with, with the Amazon, the union fight down there, mm-hmm. okay. I think what, what we're going to see is that um, – the next, the next part of the Democratic Party's movement is not anti-corporate, 
but democratizing corporate workplaces. Well, of course, President Teddy Roosevelt did this. Do sure. you think they're looking at breaking it up? I, SEC. I, yeah. How about the antitrust? Well, antitrust. Right. We, we know that Joe Biden is not a trust busting president. It's just not. It's not his right. cup of tea. It, the Democrats did. You know, Elizabeth Warren got like eighth place. You know, and so I don't think that's the reality. I don't. But I do think that's the reality. The base of both parties. You, you know, I've talked to a lot of Republicans in rural Tennessee. Um, I have talked to a lot of lefties. The socialist Bernie lefties and the MAGA Republicans both hate Amazon. There is this anti-corporate. Well, they sometimes. don't pay any taxes, do they? I mean, they. they well, they. They're giving a lot of incentives to move to an area. But here's how I compare it in a, in a you know in a very you know a very basic way. It's like I heard preachers years ago talking about churches. These massive churches, ten, twelve thousand members. Sure. Six flags just, over Jesus. Versus, yeah, you know, versus Texas, just your yeah. regular mom and pop church sure. yeah. or whatever, two or three hundred members, whatever. They compared these churches. One man said, it's kind of like a 600-pound man. He may be big, but he ain't healthy. <laughs> it's um, And there's a company, a company can grow that big, just like this nation has grown that big. And it's pretty doggone hard to manage unless you put people in places that know what they're doing. And that's one of the faults that Trump had. I don't, he, you know, I don't want you know. going, you know, if you've got to be president, you know, I think I'm going to put Ed Bramer in charge of the Department of Defense. Hey, Ed, come on up here. You know, I've <laughs> God never help been us. In, I've never, yeah, I've never even been in an enlisted service. I don't know enough about defending the nation. It's remarkable, you know? it's, it's remarkable too, because the, the promise of drain the swamp, I think it was an open-ended promise. But I think that the, the idea that he would fill a cabinet with six billionaires, like, it's just sure. unimaginable. Who was the education one? Uh, what was her name? The education? Betsy, Betsy DeVos. DeVos. Yeah. yeah, with Amway. Her right. husband had Amway. And, um, and you know. And, and you had Rex Tillerson. You had right. Steve Mnuchin. He didn't last long. Tillerson didn't last long. No, he, well, he got fired on the pot. He was on the, uh, the uh, State Department's equivalent of Air Force One, and he was, he was pooping. And he, <laughs> he got fired. Can you say that on the radio? I don't know. Is, it, is that censored? I don't know. Is it just did. Yeah. Well, so. they don't like. Yeah. They. He went by real fast. And then they all. How many people did uh, Trump Can. fire? Oh, was there twenty? Fifty? A hundred? You know, it's funny. I've I've met Trump in person about four or five times, and he really likes to be liked. He's actually, I'll say this. He's he's probably the one of the most charming people you will ever meet in a small group situation and then he will go talk Trash. about about yeah. you but he doesn't do it behind closed doors like his behind closed doors is his twitter account so he would never tell rex to his face you're garbage <laughs> well he did that you. with just, uh james comey and that was sure. the first time that happened right after he'd gone in and comey was in california preparing to give an address to some law enforcement he was he got, and he found out he got canned he, he was, was looking on the tv he found you know, out and, i just yeah. lost my job okay someone wrote in ah uh, what's the number of wgns uh it's uh 893-1450-615 Eight nine three one four five zero, and give us a call. We'll be glad to to put you on the air. Let's and talk Chris about Hale this is letter. our guest. And uh, what about this letter that you? I mean, the this, uh, uh, letter to the uh, your opinion. Yeah, I, and you went after in a way Governor Lee, who uh, wants to have. It seems like as always, the Republicans want to have their cake and eat it too, but then gripe about it. So. G- so Governor Lee, here's the short of the short. He had this argument. He had the press conference about two weeks ago. And he said the following. 
he said that the COVID relief package is too big and too expensive and it's too much money and Tennessee didn't get enough. <laughs> so the, <laughs> that was that was his two-part argument. It, there, there's a word for that. Keep going. I and so I, I uh, oxymoronic, uh, oxymoronic. I, you know, Two schizophrenic. Face. Yeah. Face. Well, and I think that's also what's remarkable to me is I was in Washington, very, and I remember I actually I more than most Democrats, I'll, I'll defend Bob Corker. Strangely enough, by the end of it, I never thought I liked Bob Corker more than Lamar Alexander, but I think I did at the end of the Chattanooga day. Chattanooga Bob. Bob, yeah, corporate Bob. You know, also a very wealthy man, mayor of Chattanooga before he became a senator. But he said in in October 27, I will not pass this tax cut bill for corporations if it adds one penny to the federal deficit. It added over a trillion to the federal deficit, and you know he voted for it. So it, I, I, what's so remarkable about it is the only par- the only party that cares about debt and deficits is the party not in control, because the, to spend money is to spend the priorities of the governing party. Um, I believe in what's called modern uh, monetary theory. I think that we overemphasize debts. I do. I think that the the um, the tender of the United States is trustworthy, and people are not going to de- we're not going to call our loans. You know, right. call our notes. Right. Um, but I think that it's absurd. I mean, Governor Lee is not running a, a fiscally well-managed state of Tennessee. We're, we have over $800 million that are set aside for uh, poor and needy families that we should spend. Um, when The reality of it is is that under Republican leadership in the past 10 years, 16 hospitals, rural hospitals, are closed down. They've gone down the tubes. Well, and, you know, I, I'm pretty pretty intimately uh, connect uh, gotten familiar with the healthcare community over the past few years they could th- th- people walk in their doors in rural Tennessee if they don't have Medicaid they're going to be treated and they're not going to pay the bill it's free care it's charity care right. who's going to lose is the hospitals and so you know healthcare I think is by far the biggest issue of fiscal irresponsibility in the state I did see that Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally said he might play ball with the Biden administration on expanding Medicaid um but Billy, I mean, we we hired a you know a, a plumber, a certified plumber, um, t- to become our governor. God bless him. Um, he, a certified plumber. He got he, and you know what? A certified plumber. That, he was very proud. He's like, I'm the plumber governor. But you know, he hasn't he hasn't declogged our our budget. He hasn't he hasn't de-clogged. he hasn't gotten the money set free to help some folks, and so it's going to cost us. Randy um, Crawford, thank you for listening. Uh, Pam is on the line again. Hang on a minute. Sharon, thank you if you're listening. Sharon Porterfield, Roger West, thank you all. Charlotte Crockett, thank you if you're listening. And all the rest of you, thank you so much for your support. I saw that Austin Maxwell said that shout out to Trump and Warp Speed. Yes. Like, I think that Warp Speed actually did do some good things, and it's worthwhile praising. You know, I think that it's, I think the Biden administration should be careful to say that I act like nothing happened before right. January sure. 20th. Right. Yep. You know, and we, the Trump administration rightly started working on this vaccine on about January 21st, 2020, and, and thank God for it. Um, but the idea that, uh, that that Trump gets all the credit and Biden gets none of the credit is a, a, a pure falsehood. The day, the day Biden was inaugurated, we were averaging about 600,000, 700,000 doses a day. We're at almost over 3 million. We're at almost five times. Without a up. transition team, too. Right? All right. Pam's on the line. Go ahead, Pam. You're back. back. Oh, hey, yeah. It's me again. You didn't think I'd put you on, did you? Hey, Pam. Hey, again, Margaret. Are you listening? Anyways, uh, so what I wanted to say, what do y'all think about the uh, the border crisis? 
So I think that we have to acknowledge that So some of the Biden administration have been unwilling to call it a crisis. I think it is, but I think we have to understand that there is, so I, I always think about the difference between a problem and a dilemma. A problem is something that's solvable immediately and you can just bucket, you know, and, and, and nip it in the bud immediately. A dilemma is something that's with right. you for a long time and it has been for you a long time and we're facing a dilemma. And the dilemma is that the United States is a more attractive country to live in and that the the Central America and South America, the economic conditions are getting worse and worse and worse <laughs> and people are desperate. I don't think that we need open borders and just and just pretend like Come on in. Yeah, just pretend like that reality doesn't exist. But we do need comprehensive immigration reform. Pam, I'm 100% sure you voted for my good friend, George W. Bush, in 2004 and 2000. Who is a good man. Good man. Very he good wanted man. He wanted comprehensive immigration reform. And I think that the 2007 comprehensive immigration reform, when you finally vote for me, Pam, and put me in Washington one day, I will help get that passed. We need comprehensive immigration reform, which includes border security. Um, and we got to, we've got to have a flow of, of, of immigration. We are a land of immigrants, but we got to do it in a just way. Well, um, but here's the thing, too, with the wall. We sure. talked about the wall Trump did. I did not, and I've always said, I think I said it when, when you were here campaigning last time, I do not doubt there are spots on the border where a wall would be helpful to our border security sure. agents. Sure. But, I mean, all the way up in places where it's just uninhabitable. Well, and I've I, been I on the border. I was yeah, in, I was in been El, there? Okay. I was in El Paso in 2016. Yeah. We need a good wall. We need this. Right, thing. We, need, right. we need cyber security. We we need we need we need to utilize the best tools of twenty twenty one. The thing about President Trump's wall, it was a medieval wall. Do you understand, Pat Buchanan? Thirty years ago, wanted to build a wall around the United States. <laughs> A hundred? No, he wanted. No, I'm serious. You can Google. It's not. It's not new. It's well, they've been talking about Google Pat Buchanan. Well, it's so different between us and our friends in Canada. It it was going to be a hundred feet high. Comes and goes as they please. The wall is an interesting phenomenon, and I'm just going to pause this for one second. So, um, Dan Jones, caller, caller, hang with us. Dan Jones, Dan Jones grew up in uh, Oakland, California, and so he he left Oakland in the late '80s. And it was the hip hop scene was big. Black culture was huge. He comes back after law school, and his favorite his favorite soul food restaurant had been replaced by a kale store. Kale. So like Whole Foods <laughs> oh, no. had come and replaced. Seaweed. All right. And he said that okay. he wanted to build a wall around Oakland and make Silicon Valley pay for it. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, we have a caller on the line. Zach, go ahead. Caller, you're on the air live. Go ahead, please. Hey guys, this is Beth Priest. Hello, Beth. Hey, how are Beth, you? How are you? Hey, hey, Beth. Hey, good Beth. to hear from you guys. Um, good yeah, to hear from you. So, <laughs> my question is for Chris. Um, Chris, since you ran such a, you know, you ran such a successful campaign in the in the red districts, um, I think everyone would be interested to know what's your next step. What do you got? What um, do you got in mind? Well, yeah, so Beth, thank you for calling. We're going to let you go. We've got callers coming in here. Thanks, left Beth. And right. Thank you, Beth. Yeah, and so, all right, y'all take care. Bye-bye. So, I would be lying if I said I knew what's next in terms of running again. Um, I will run again. I'm a hundred percent, a thousand percent sure I will run again. Um, I've spent I spent um, the last three years in particular just heavily invested in Tennessee politics and th- th- praise God for it thank God for it but you also you know I spent 
ages 28 to 31 completely invested so i i've i'm i've spent some prime years on this and so i, I got i got some other business that i want to attend to in my personal life and professionally as well and so um i never want to be in a position mitt romney actually said something that i think it, it's communicates the problem of, of uh, american politics but there's something actually very i think profoundly true about it mitt romney said that his father once told him Never put find yourself in a position where you need to win the election to pay the mortgage because it affects the way. That's uh, that's it, very good advice. It, yeah. it affects the way you view the world, and sadly, you see a lot of these corrupt state politicians. They're desperate to make a bank, make a dollar, and so they they do bad Agreed. things. They do, yeah, and so I think that it's much more likely that you'll see me later on than in like 2022. And the reality is, Tennessee is a very red state. I think I'm charming. I got a great smile. I throw my best, like, et cetera. But it's a red state, and it's going to take a lot well, more than me. But the pendulum is always swinging. Sure, it is. And, and I think I, I it think was a blue state at one that. time. It, it was. You know, they, they, this is always remarkable. The day I was born in March of 89, Tennessee was bluer than Massachusetts. Unimaginable today. Right. Dukakis country. Dukakis country. <laughs> right. It yeah. was. You so know. the short of the short is I will run again, but I don't think it's going to be – I think it's very unlikely that I run next year. You know, So um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time. Well, I think, too, in, 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 in what you're doing there – and, folks, don't get me wrong. I mean, Bill, I don't think your name's ever been on a ballot. I know mine hasn't. No. It takes a lot of guts to do that. Sure. This yeah. young man's had his name on a ballot twice. Yeah. Life's an open Let book. me tell you something. It may be a case, too, where the best time to buy a good car is when you're not looking for one. Sure. And, and, th- and something may come to you and say, hey, we're going to have an open spot here. Would you be interested in doing this? Well, you never know what happens. It's interesting. Do we have a caller? We don't. Okay. All right. Well, I'm it's interesting. Sorry. I think one of the things that I'll have to figure out in my, my political ambitions, I'm from Murfreesboro. I'd run in a, in a seat twice that stretches almost four hours east to west. How many counties? It was like 16. 16. Wow. 16. It's mm-hmm. 100. I walked 196 miles across this. So I, you know, put my work in, you know, but it's a big community. It's all, it, I got to be honest though. It's interesting to, to I, I want Murfreesboro proper. Okay. So I want sure. Murfreesboro. Right. And so, it, it, you know, you always wonder, should I just put all my energy in Murfreesboro? I wouldn't want. But if I, is there more to be done in places that have sure. capital there? You well, know, but Chris, you're young enough. There's sure. a lot of you people going to remember you as the years go by. Sure. Well, I, I mean, hope so. Hey, get your name out there. Five, four years in political life is an eternity. Absolutely. You know? Okay, we're going to go to our last series of breaks. Zach's going to take us there. Callers, thank you all very much. If you want to call in, 615-893-1450. And uh, I think we cut a caller off. I'm sorry about that. We've, this place has been up and down tonight, call so back. bear with us. Uh, Bill Wilson, Mr. Murphy, we're here, and Chris Hale's been good enough to stop by. Zach's on the board. I'm Emily Rimmer, back with you in a couple of minutes. Stay with us. Ronna McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. During her 29-year tenure, she's won multiple awards for being a top producer. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DNJ Ruthie Awards. She's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203, or reach her at 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyronda.com. 
Hey, it's Bill. Did you know I also sell for Parks Real Estate? Meredith Thomas and I make up the Thomas Wilson team. We have over 25 years of real estate experience and have helped nearly 1,000 families buy and sell real estate here in Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, and Middle Tennessee. Why not choose us to help you and your family with all your real estate needs? Give us a call at 615-406-5872 or 615-896-4040. Or you can follow me at Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook or Instagram. Hello everyone, it's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mullins Jewelers, 352 West Murfreesboro Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I felt so alone, scared, angry, full of self-pity. I just wanted to die, so I took another drink. Then I heard about AA and went to my first meeting. The people there talked about those same feelings. I was no longer alone. They gave me help to stop drinking and hope to start living. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. Thank you. We are back with Christopher Hale. Zach, thanks for doing the board tonight. We appreciate it. Folks, we appreciate all the calls we've had. Sorry, it's been a little hairy up here, um, but when this uh, young man comes in, it tends to get that way because a lot of people <laughs> like to talk about politics, and he's a good one to talk about it. And we've got a couple more like to come in. Stephen Reynolds generally will get a call or two, and um, uh we were talking just just now. Tell me how you feel about this. I heard Richard Nixon say once, and I'm a good boy, the three finest presidents he ever saw that in his time, and he said this in 83 after he'd been out of the office a while, were Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and Lyndon Baines Johnson. I think it's. Um, I think that's a really good analysis of Richard Nixon understood more than anyone in his own life both the possibilities and the and the, the pitfalls of the presidency and what you see in those three men um is that they got a lot done they did they got a lot done and i want to i want to kind of just bring in something that i see you know i um I'm an Obama alumni, but you know I had deep affections for Joe Biden. I wrote a piece for Time Magazine right before he didn't run in 2015, asking him to run for president. A lot of people did, yeah. But a lot of the Obama folks didn't like him as much. You know, they thought he was a little buffoonish, or you know, a uncle, or he, he, you know, Obama was cool and smooth and and suave and cool. It's a lot like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Biden, Biden's an old white guy. You know, yeah, but. A lot like me, <laughs> but it's really it's really hard to. I mean, man, Joe's gotten a lot done in seventy five days. It's unbelievable. 
and it's, it, it shows it shows you when you there's no cult of personality around Joe Biden. People no. aren't crying in the streets. You know, he he's a. And I think maybe you know, obviously there's a cult of personality around Donald Trump. And That's a I'm, song, cult of personality. I believe. Well, I think I can see there's a cult of personality around Barack Obama too. We sure. we, we thought That's he right. was bigger than the party. You right. know, and 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 Joe Biden says it most most famously in South Carolina, "I am the party." You know, I am the Democrat. I, I I don't operate outside of. I am the party, <laughs> and we've kind of forgotten the power of boring old party politics because Donald Trump was not the Republican Party. He he was like, I well, operate outside that's of it. What I said about Richard Nixon, if Richard Nixon could come back today, sure. I doubt Richard Nixon would be a member of the Republican oh, Party. Oh, no, he was... And even, because even, many of them have said, you know, hey, forget it, I'm out of this thing. Even Barry yeah. Goldwater. I mean, Barry, Barry, yeah, Barry Goldwater oh, said, you, you can't, you know, he. there's a quote, I saw it on Facebook, said, and no offense to our church, our church people, don't get me wrong, but Barry Goldwater said this, and it's somewhere, you cannot deal with these church people. Mm-hmm. He said, once you get these fanatics, and he's talking about fanatics, sure. and said, you cannot talk to them. He said, believe me, I've tried, and you cannot reason with these people. So I think that maybe this is maybe one of my shortcomings, but I really think, or hope, I don't have proof of it yet, um, the data doesn't, show, doesn't bear it out, that I think I can play ball um, with, with the the evangelical community in particular. You know what's interesting? In rural Tennessee, there aren't evangelicals. They're Methodists. And Presbyterians, they Church don't go. They, some of them go to like the shed churches, but there's not many of Frozen them. Frozen chosen, though. yeah, yeah. That's, Frozen, that's Presbyterian. The evangelicals are in the suburbs, like yeah. Williamson County yeah. and Rutherford County. You got that experience church. You got World Outreach, etc. Um, it's intriguing to me, though. The younger evangelicals can see the BS. Can, and like, see through it. I'm Roman Catholic. I mean, you know, we have plenty of uh, shortcomings in my own faith tradition, and I think I hope, I hope that there can be a, an engagement with the faith community that the Democratic Party doesn't give up on. Mm-hmm. It, it, look, a Democratic Party that gives up on people of faith is a Democratic Party without a future in Tennessee. We well, we uh, will be in this. We will be in the minority till the second coming of Jesus Christ. Right. Right. And but I think Joe Biden has has, has walked that line. He has. pretty well. I mean, he's the, Catholic. Yeah. 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 I mean, and no one, no no one with two eyes and two ears and a brain thinks that Joe Biden is less religious in any capacity than Donald Trump. You know, he's he's actually probably the he's the most religious president we've had since George W. Bush, without a doubt. May have been. He's probably the most religious Democratic president we've had, maybe, you know, ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, JFK. Uh, JFK no. was. Yeah, well, Jimmy up. Carter, of course. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Carter. Carter. Um, JFK was notoriously not religious. Um, he actually. He, it's funny because Biden embraced his Catholicism to get votes, and JFK had to distance himself from Catholicism to get votes. Right. You know. He did. That's right. And so it's People changed. forget about that. I want to tell yeah. a quick Stephen Reynolds story. We were at a debate. Uh, Stephen Reynolds, I love Stephen Reynolds. And, I, oh, but, yeah. and we, we were at a debate in Warren County with Mariah Phillips, who won that. She ran a great campaign, that, that nomination, in, in 2018. And I was talking about, we were in Warren County. I was talking about the struggling school districts in Warren County. And Stephen adeptly pretended like I was like saying that Warren County had bad students. And, and, and so Stephen, in one of the best moves I have ever seen, said, "Well, Chris might not respect the students of Warren County." Oh no! And, but he started listing all their accomplishments, like they won some space awards, four H club. Award. 
Did he clean your blouse? Oh, I, I, <laughs> I think I lost any vote that I ever had in Warren County. Oh, thanks, Stephen Reynolds. Stephen Reynolds can tell you to go to hell in such a nice way <laughs> that you look forward to the ride. And he, it was the most adept. It was, it was brilliant. So I, oh, I was very mate. impressed. I'll have him listen to this show for sure. <laughs> if he's not listening now. Uh, but uh, what about the state legislatures? We didn't talk sure. about that. Where they're going to make it unlawful for to give somebody some water uh, this in the lines. Getting, That's in What's Georgia. That that's, well, that's the only thing I'll say about crazy. this is that if you, any state legislature that is trying to restrict voting um, is is losing, obviously. And Chris, that's exactly what they're trying to do. Sure. Yeah. You can you can butter it up, clean it up, whatever you want to do. They're trying to restrict people from voting. And let me, let me, let me go against democratic orthodoxy for a minute. I'm fine with ID requirements. Mm-hmm. Make IDs free and easy right. to get. Mm-hmm. And the hell you have to go through in the state of Tennessee to get an right. ID. Yeah. Our DMVs are the most salacious places on the face of the earth. Oh. It, you know, and so let's make it easy. Let's make it free and accessible. But, you know, obviously verifying someone's identity, it's fine. So I think the Democrats play ball on that and say, sure, let's do that. But like this idea that we're going to have these weird restrictions on access, on on feeding water. You know, Tennessee actually has historically, because of the Democratic Party about 50 years ago, has very liberal early voting laws, which are great. I think we should have Sunday voting and Saturday voting beyond noon. But, you know, I, th- I think Tennessee, actually, there has been unfortunate actions by the state legislature on registration. Um, they, they tried to find black faith groups, essentially, from, mm-hmm. you know, basically, if you turn in 100 registration, mass registration forms, and four of them are incorrect. You start getting over a threshold, they'll, they'll fine you $100, $200, you know, something, something absurd. And we, I don't understand. When we tell Republicans, uh, I, 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 I always had this argument that the more, more people voted in Tennessee, Democrats would win. A hell of a lot of people voted in Tennessee in 2020, and y'all still kicked our butts. Like, increasing the number well, of voters in Tennessee is not going to make this political. What if some of those people were going to vote for, for them? Sure. Well, I think... I, I mean, if we had 100% turnout in Tennessee, Republicans yeah. would still win 2-1, to one, so why don't you just have your people show up? We're just trying to increase the... Fall. Well, that's what right. they're, they're, they're scared to death of. You know, I mean, but I'm going to tell you, the, the law, as I understand it, said you could not take them water. Okay, sure. but now they did not say anything about cold beer. <laughs> now, if they want to have a show, uh, sure. I've got some boys got some of them big old coolers. Well, not on Sunday. In the in the fourth, oh yes, I will. In the fourth, <laughs> in the fourth congressional district, my good people, I'll we, party we, with them an old style way. They'll know what it. We have Jack Daniels in the fourth congressional. I I think we you. should I think we should go down and give shots to the people of Georgia. So I I, I think. <laughs> I think we should do that. Be yeah, a good exactly. neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> Being neighborly, right? Yeah, brotherly I mean, love. I made a joke. It's, 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 it's not funny. No. It's, it's ridiculous it's, that we're even having this conversation. Well, yeah. also, how, how dumb are the legislators? Here's what I've learned. That God allows the dumbest people on earth to get elected to state legislators. Because like, uh, they thought that yeah. was, they thought that the people weren't going to like go with that one. Like They could have just struck out that one. They, they made the headline themselves. Right. I... Chris, I, I thank you for coming up here tonight. I want to tell you what this young man did. He was coming out of Nashville, and I called him. And uh, we'd had a couple of guests that just could not make it, and uh, which is really rare for us, but uh, things happen. And I gave Chris a call. Bill said, you know, and I called you on your, 
your other number. I've got your new number now, or whatever it is, the 202 number. Is that a Washington, D.C. number? You're not supposed to tell that. Yeah. You're just going to tell it to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, it's just there. Four, you gave, you gave no, quit. 867 <laughs> You gave him my swamp number. Jenny, Jenny. That's my swamp number, my 202 number. No, but uh, we, we appreciate it. We yeah, really do. And, folks, I've said it before. I've said it right here in front of Chris. You want to make a difference? You want to sit back and gripe about it? I will. I'll tell you what. Do like this young man's done a couple of times. Go out there and put your name on a ballot. I've never done it. Bill's never done it either. Okay? So, thanks again, Bill. Good week coming up. Yeah. Maybe if we can get dried out here. Uh, you know. Real estate still booming. Now, Chris, you headed back to Washington anytime soon? Yeah. Another week? Yeah, that, yeah. I will be back there soon. It's um, it, okay. it, it, it's it's opened up a little bit. Spring there, too. So, oh, got, yeah. got the cherry blossoms as well, you. like we do. <laughs> Thank you all for joining Thanks, us brother. here on the Evan Lee Raymond Show. Bill, have a good week. Thank you. Chris, have a good week. Zach, thank you. Uh, back with you next Sunday at 8 o'clock. Thanks for listening.